Hello to anyone interested in how to fix their troubled finances. Why do I say troubled finances? Because many people have troubled finances in some form or another. Why? Why do you think they have troubled finances? Because the world has a plan for your money and my money, and that is to take it from us. So, to avoid the world taking our money from us, we show you a better plan. That plan, by the way, is the plan of the awesome, almighty God. What? You mean God, the almighty God, has a plan for your money and my money? Yes, and it's a much better plan than the world's. But, before we get into God's plan, let's provide a real-life story about how one lady got into her own trouble and then was afraid to tell her husband. So Marty wrote to her coach, and she said, I am in the process of paying off a consolidation of credit cards at excuse me, at $220 a month. I have 11 more payments. The bad thing is I pay the bills and then collect my husband's share from him. It's hard to keep enough in my account to pay for it. I get hit with fees when he is slow. That sounds like a little, a little bit of a problem right there, doesn't it? I should have savings, but now I have $15,000 in additional credit card debt. I do not have a lot to show for it because I put our family's weekend vacations on it. Please don't think I'm blaming my husband. He's frugal, but I am not. He has savings, and he thinks I do too. It will break his heart if I tell him, and I'm afraid he'll divorce me. I make $85,000 a year, but I'm retiring in two years. Also, should I transfer the $15,000 to another card? Please help. The coach's response to Marty was, I am so sorry you're in this fix. Obviously, this has been building for years. The fact that you've contacted me makes me think you're a Christian, and I'm thankful for that and hopeful that your husband is as well. The first thing you need to do, frankly, is to tell your husband. He will be disappointed, and he may get mad, and he may even stay mad for several days or possibly several weeks. But if he is a Christian, he will most likely not divorce you, and he will calm down and and talk to you. The second thing you need to do is pray about this together. This This is too big for you to do alone. Together, you need to set up a plan, God's plan for you, and then both of you adhere to it. There's a company called that's noted in the back of the book that can help negotiate lower interest rates and maybe even lower them all down to 9%. You're probably now paying 18 to 25%. They will charge you a fee of $35 to $40 per month, but you'll save much more than that in interest. You ask if you should transfer balances to another card. If the card would charge less than 9% interest, it could be a good option if your husband agrees. I have prayed for you. I pray it all works out well in the end. Thank you for contacting Compass. Marty's response was, Oh, thank you. I'm praying too. Thank you for being so gracious to me. I will call the company right away. I'm very excited to resolve this. I cut up my cards and froze the accounts. God bless you. Thank you for assisting me as a brother would. You cannot believe the relief I'm feeling right now. The coach's response was, Well, it's always good to be appreciated. So the action step Marty was caught is that Marty was caught up in her situation and could not see a way out. All of us need godly counsel at times. It's important to humble ourselves in the situation and seek the counsel God has waiting for us. Here's a couple of questions to consider before we go into more. But number one, was the coach correct in suggesting that Marty should tell her husband? 
Number two, what would you do in this situation? <laughs> Number three, was her idea to cut up her cards and freeze the accounts? A good choice. So, so let's talk about this. Number one, we need to put together a financial plan, right? Uh, we need to put it together God's way. Isn't that a great question? How to put, out a, put together a financial plan God's way? First, because we are Christians, God would have us begin focusing on Him. God would ask us, well, do you want to do it His way? Then He would begin to teach us His way. But first, we have to want to. Correct? I mean, we tell our kids something over and over, but if they don't want to hear it, if they don't want to learn, it generally will go in one ear and out the other. Correct? And that's the same way with us. It could go in one ear and out the other if we're not interested in hearing what God has to say. So we have to want to do it His way. Number two, we must be honest with ourselves and then equally honest with our spouse. In this case, Marty did not want to burden her husband with her issues. She was embarrassed by her mismanagement, and there was a differing of opinions. She wanted to have several mini-vacations each year with their adult children and their spouses and kids. Well, that's a great idea. The trouble is that she was decided, decided to pay for almost everything, and that's, that might be uh, not uh, such a good idea. And if we read between the lines, it's clear that the husband would have thought that she was going overboard on these, and he would have reined the expenses in. But he thought she was taking care of it all with her funds, and that was okay. The trouble was, her funds were not enough to take care of all of the expense, so the cards made up the difference, which is why Marty is now in a fix with her high credit card balances. So Marty and her husband need to have an open and honest discussion. And by the way, we all need to have open and honest discussions with our spouses frequently. If we do not, then spouses naturally begin doing things their own way because they're two different people, right? And the spending plan then is not followed, and boom, the expenses get out of control. Going along with this is the idea that our finances need to be turned over to the Lord. Every spending decision needs to be a spiritual one. You say, well, why, does that, why is that the case? Because... The Bible says in Luke 16, 11, it says, If therefore you've not been faithful in the use of worldly wealth, who will entrust, <clears throat> who will entrust the true riches to you? Jesus is saying here that we need to be faithful in the use of our money, our spending. This is obviously quite contrary to how the world thinks. But why? Why is this so important? Because when we have turned our finances totally over to the, to the Lord, then we are letting Him run us and uh, do our finances. And the reduction is, the, the result is a reduction of stress. What a blessing. One of the assurances of managing our finances and our lives God's way is a reduction of stress. What makes us get old quick? Stress. What takes the enjoyment out of lives and makes our lives difficult? Stress. I mean, what, and why does the world put ourselves in stress? Because the world says, hey, you've got to have this new car. Your old car, it, it just doesn't cut it, and it looks bad, and it causes repairs and all this. And the world says, you need to have a new car. 
So you go buy a new car, and then you have car payments. And then the world says, the set of clothes you have, you're just not in style anymore. You've got to get with it, so you've got to buy more clothes. Or you, you've got to the, upgrade your housing. You, you, you live in a too small of a house. You need to get a bigger house because everyone else has a bigger house. And so then you get a bigger house. And so all these things cause money, cost money, right? And so then they cause stress because you've got to pay the money, right? And so that's the stress that the world puts in. And so then you're stressed out constantly trying to keep up with the world and make those payments. But God's plan reduces stress. And so as a caveat then, by the way, this does not mean that when we turn, turn our finances over to the Lord and do things His way, automatically stress is reduced by 80% or something. Uh, no, there are no promises that we will not suffer the consequences of our actions or our decisions, but we will have the peace that we are now in His will and that He will provide what we need in His time. And he will help us work out our way and our way out of our difficulties, isn't that correct? So, now let's get let's get practical. How do we specifically do this? First, we need to track our spending for at least thirty days. Then categorize it. Tracking for thirty days will reveal our current spending patterns. And the point is, we cannot get to where we want to be unless we know where we are in the first place, right? So Marty and, and her husband need to track their spending, and then they put, the, put their spending plans together, okay? Track their spending and put all those together, and then they can and categorize them, and then they can see where the money is all going. And then they can discuss, you know, how they can change it, right? By the way, if you need some forms, w, uh, there are, forms are available at compass1.org. Go to www.compass1.org, and you go under Spending Trackers. Next, okay, then uh, you need to compare where you are with where you want to be. This means that you and your husband together, you, or you and your spouse together, discuss what changes should be made. And, by the way, if you're in the negative, if, if the expenses are, in, are more than your income, then there's a deficit there, and then there's no choice. You have to make the changes. You have to get the expenses down so that they are no more than the income, and hopefully less, so that you can have a reasonable savings. The question is, is um, and then if you, if you and your spouse cannot agree, then Proverbs 12:15 fits, and it says that, uh, you obtain godly counsel. So then you need to go somewhere where you can get some godly counsel about how to um, put your spend, spending plan together properly. And ideally in your church, <clears throat> you would find such a place. So you would find uh, such such an individual that, w- that would help you do that. So, and then one other point. One of the point is, is that we are not to have the attitude of giving to get. Uh, another place in the Bible, it says, 1 Corinthians thirteen three. it says, and if and Jesus is uh, this is Apostle Paul talking, and he's he is specifically relating a command from the Lord. He says, "If I give all of my possessions to feed the poor, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing." Isn't that amazing? So we can't just give to get. That's the point is, is that there are preachers on the TV that says, "Giving you give to my uh, ministry, and you'll get more." What is your motivation to give? Are you giving to get? That's not an acceptable motivation because this says, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor and if I deliver my body to be burned but do not have love, it profits me nothing. 
So God will bless us when we tithe, but we must do it because we love God and we're thankful for, for what He has done for us and we want to do our part to further His kingdom. One final thought about this is Matthew 6.33 and it says, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So when we humble ourselves before Him, the awesome God of the universe, recognizing that He is in full control, we position ourselves to be blessed in His time and in His way. Until then, we choose to be content and patiently wait for Him. Now, here's another issue that, I, that comes up sometimes. Some people say, well, you know, you talk about the Bible and all this stuff. How do I know the Bible is true? Wasn't that just written by men? They were written back then, and yeah, there's some good things that they say there, but how do we know that's the Word of God? I mean, how do we even know that there is a God, right? Isn't that a legitimate, legitimate question? Why? Well, how do we know that there is a God? So um, there's a little thing called evolution that the... Um, that the, the world points out. As a matter of fact, in schools, they teach us that evolution uh, is a fact. That is, things were just evolved naturally over a period of billions of years, and so then we got to be where we are because we evolved, right? Wrong. Um, and I'm just going to demonstrate one specific little thing. There's, there's, a, there's millions of them, and this, by the way, comes from creationmoments.com, and the author is Paul Bartz. So the peace and serenity of North America, this is just one example, of course. The peace and serenity of North America's spruce forest is occasionally broken by little other than the rustle of a deer passing by. At least that's what most people think. In truth, there are things going on which would cause us profound wonder. I don't know if you've ever heard of the bunchberry dogwood flower. I had not heard of it until um, I studied it, this here. But anyway, the bunchberry dogwood flower stands only about one-tenth of an inch tall. That's a small flower, right? One-tenth of an inch. Scientists knew that the flowers opened expos explosively. The flowers do this to propel their pollen further. Scientists decided to, to find out precisely how fast these flowers really opened. So, they decided to videotape a flower opening with a high-speed camera that's capable of taking 1,000 pictures a second. That sounds pretty good, right? They'll find that out. Um, no, but the camera proved to be too slow. Isn't that interesting? So, it was only with a camera that takes 10,000 pictures a second that they could clearly see what was going on. They saw that the petals opened, and in a separate action, the stamens unfold. They unfolded so fast that they catapulted the pollen into the air. And this all happened in four-tenths of a thousandth of a second. Is that fast or what? Four-tenths of a thousandth of a second. That is amazing. Anyway, so the, the stamens unfold so fast, they subject the pollen to over 2,000 times the force of gravity. What a unique flower. What an amazing thing. What's, what, what about something that just could not have just happened, right? This had to have a designer. It had to have. And there's all these things all over the world that just force us to think, how did this happen? Because there was a designer. I mean, take the duck-billed platypus. Take um, the giraffe. Take the lion. They all, they all fit together just so perfectly in the world that they were created. So anyway, the point is, is that, is that um, there is a real God, and he really did create the world, and he really did create you and me. And he has a plan for our lives. And so our job is to find out what his plan is, right? That's our job. And then when we do his plan, we're blessed. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in today.
I thank you for listening to the true story on finances that comes from the book, Troubled Finances, There is Hope. It's available for $13.95 softcover or $3.79 Kindle at www.troubledfinances.com. I'm David G. Toussaint. Thanks for listening. If you want to contact me, you can send me an email from the website. I will respond. Thank you. Have a great day. (music) 